0: Coal is my chameleon, sitting black, dusty and untouchable in a brass bucket by my fire. It never falls easily into the grate, but with patience and care I heat it to three hundred degrees, turning it into a dazzling orange mass. And as the flaming coals Release their energy that once was the fierce sunlight that forests of leafy trees absorbed and held a billion years ago. Time stands still, so the continuum persists. A Sunday afternoon in front of my fire, checking mail on the internet, connects moments of the past the present. Okay, let's have some conversation, please. Thank you.
1: Now, are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then we'll begin.
0: This week, our live studio guest on Red Button is Julie Clark Edwards, tattooist and owner of Flaming Gun Tattoo Studio
2: in Colchester.
3: Welcome to Red Button. I'm Bill Lawrence, still here with Ian and still here with Mike, but right in front of me, sitting across the other side of the desk, we're absolutely delighted to welcome to 106.6 FM, although she's been here before, it's Julie Clark Edwards. Hello, Julie.
2: Hello, lovely to see you all this evening.
3: Lovely, thank you for coming along on such a horrible night. We really do appreciate you giving up your time. And uh, you are—you do work and you own Flaming Gun Tattoo Studio in Central Colchester, is that right?
2: Yes, that's right. With my husband. Yes. I get a
3: little plug in there, and uh, you're also a presenter, aren't you, on Com Radio?
2: Yes, for my sins, you've allowed me to uh, have a little play on here as well.
3: Yeah, well, we like we like. Fun. When can when can we hear you on Golden Radio?
2: Uh, my show is at uh, ten am uh, till twelve um, on Wednesdays.
3: Fabulous we'll all be listening to that so it's um but this is the evening shift so i'm sure it's. it's, it's i don't know if it's any different it might be a bit colder in the evening we're looking at the history of tattoos with you we're looking at the motivation for tattoos tattoos we're looking at the art and fashion of tattoos i think we're generally going to be talking to you about tattooing
2: fabulous i know that subject
3: <laughs> well do you know to me i'm i'm uh, i'm not a, a huge expert on tattoos but my um belief is that a sort of recent thing in my mind it seems to me in the last 20 or 30 years at the most that tattoos have come along am i right there julie
2: um well uh, s- sorry to say no um tattoos have been about for a long time ever since um, the beginning of mankind really we've always felt the need to uh, mark our skins um but as far as tattooing as what we recognize today um we started seeing that around the 1600s with the pilgrim tattoos
3: What what were they? Tell me about the pilgrim
2: tattoos. So, I suppose it was like a modern day version of I've been to Magaluf. They would go, (laughs) these wonderful people would go off on these wonderful sacred pillages to things like um, Jerusalem. Sorry,
3: Julie, I'm just moving your microphone right. a little bit Thank closer. There, there we
2: go. Um, and uh, they would get these uh, woodcuts uh, right. and they would have them stamped on their skin. Yep. They'd be inked up, stamped on their skin. Yep. And um, they'd be pricked in with a with a single needle over right. the top. And uh, the result would look something similar to what David Beckham has today.
4: I uh,
3: see. So that long ago. Well, uh, um, and have they really changed, you know, in over that time? Would you say there's been changes maybe in... in but you're saying there's no particular changes in the, in the, what is actually tattooed, the, the pattern or the, the image that's tattooed. But what about things like the inks and the, the needles? They must have changed.
2: Well, the actual machines that we use yeah. um, were first patterned in 1894. Um, but we did start right. putting capacitors in them so you don't get electrocuted as well. So we are <laughs> slightly nicer these days. Um, but as far as the inks and things, they're much, much safer. Um, right. Most inks now are vegan. They're yeah. uh, in the last, 15, 20, 15 years. Um, they've, we used to mix our own. So we used to use a purified <laughs> pigment and probably vodka. Um, but now they come in, you know, with all the the correct certification. And yeah. uh, so it's much, yeah. much safer.
3: And the machines that you use, you do say that they're, they're slightly modernised to make sure there's nothing like electric shocks. Back in the day, were there, were there machines that were actually Used before electric powered machines, I mean, did they have sort of gas powered machines um, or hand no, powered or
2: uh, no? hand powered definitely. Yeah. Um, and it, it depends whereabouts you are in the world. So yeah. it was either, uh, like the Japanese used something called tabori, so that was like a big right. stick, and you. When you see people do this, this now, which at the tattoo conventions you you do see people use yeah. the historic methods. Yeah. Um, they normally have someone else now they say they're stretching the skin it actually looks like they're holding them down yeah. um, and they use a big stick and they sort of like you know twist twist the the large stick in with the needle on the end um, or the more tribal type ones is where they have the needles at a right angle and then they use uh, like a stick to, to almost drum it in which right. is also where we got the name from because it was that that drumming the tattoo yes so perfect
3: so you would have very very up-to-date machines of course Um and you've got the up-to-date inks. And you're saying there's some similarities that move your way through. But what about the idea that um, that uh, maybe it's a historical myth that uh, once upon a time a tattoo was a sort of a, a, a sign that you were marginalized some way in society, that you were in a, in a socioeconomic group on the edge. And, and perhaps also criminals, were they tattooed?
2: They, they were. Um, I think that was more to do with the, the, the way we used to record the information. Yeah. Um, so, for example, in like the 1920s after the First World War, it became very popular to have these traveling freak shows. And right. people would say that they were, you know, attacked by savages and, ta- <laughs> you know, forcibly tattooed. Yeah. And one the, of well, the famous person of that is the great Omi. Um, and right. uh, it, he he wasn't tattooed by savages. He was tattooed by a gentleman uh, in, in a very posh part of London right. uh, called G- George Burchette. And yeah. um, but yes, the great army had his entire face tattooed. Right. There's actually we actually yeah, there is a letter that I've seen at a show. Yeah. Um, f- f- a permission from his wife to be able to have his face tattooed <laughs> so it's quite nice even back then it's like just double checking um and uh yeah he, he filed his teeth and he actually retired um uh, to a caravan in dorset i believe around about nineteen forty, nineteen fifty. 1950 right so, yeah i don't think he ever left really england other than being in the first world war when he was a soldier
3: so you do i heard sorry uh, someone was telling me at work uh, she's got a partner who's from japan and uh, and how in japan for example there's a, a a very sort of cultural fear of tattoos, or there's a, a they're not popular, mm. are they?
2: There there is a, a huge cultural fear of of, of tattoos. Um, it, it was actually was it last year we went over there for the the rugby. Yes. Yes. The government had to um, actually uh, give pamphlets out to to the Japan Japanese businesses saying please do serve these people and let them in with tattoos. They're not uh, right. uh, Oh, crumbs. They have like a um, like a mafia over there, don't they? Yes, um,
3: they do, yeah. Carpet. And that's a sign of it, isn't it?
2: Yes, yes, the bodysuit tattoos and things. So they
3: have them on their backs, don't they? So full,
2: full, full bodies, full, normally. Full bodies, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and um, quite strangely enough, actually, they they have these wonderful signs which look like, I suppose, overweight stick men with Mm -hmm. drawings on them and it's like, you know, the big circle with the line through it saying you can't enter here, so if you had a tattoo you wouldn't be able to go to the swimming baths or anything like that.
3: And so tattoo, where you would get a tattoo over there would be unregulated and not necessarily hygienic and it would be Um, what you would describe perhaps as a sort of back street hidden away.
2: It would definitely be back street and hidden away, mainly because the government has actually just banned tattooing again in Japan. So they've actually it it did start getting to the point where they had street shops. Yeah. Um, set similar to, to, to Europe and, and here. Um, but no, they decided they didn't, it's getting too popular and don't like it. So they've now said, unless you're a surgeon, you can't be a tattooist. So Mm. you'll be, you know, performing surgery without a license. Therefore you'll get imprisoned. So it's gone back Mm. underground. So I think it does make the hygiene difficult to keep up because it's, um, it is unregulated. Unlike here, we all have licenses and it's much, much safer. but I, I, they also... Japan has led a lot of the, the artwork and um, the equipment, so they do keep it quite high standards. Oh, that's so, good. so I would say it would be safe to be tattooed there, if you can find one.
3: Yeah, of course. I, I, I've i got this idea, which I sort of just mentioned, that I, I think... Uh, tattooing has become more mainstream in the last twenty thirty years which you've just debunked quite successfully uh, that it's always been it's always been there and it's maybe a perception that I have maybe because uh, there may be more people visible on in terms of the media with tattoos maybe that sort of thing
2: and and maybe fashions as well yeah. I mean to be fair, the tattooing in its most uh, the highest point of its its kind of point in our history if you like would probably be around about the early 1900s.
3: Right, And um, about 100 years ago, just yeah,
2: over. and that was for, for two main reasons. Right. Two things happened mid-1800s. Right. Uh, one was a, a wealthy, upper-middle-class uh, family. Um, the son, Sir Roger Titchbourne, went missing. Right. So this was in 1871. And um, his mum, uh, they managed to get around the world on newspapers that he was missing. Right. Which is unheard of, really, with that that sort of era. Yeah. So everyone found out about this guy's missing. Um, on her deathbed, this random gentleman turned up and said, "Oh, I'm your son. I will, I will take the family fortune for you. Thank okay. you very much." Um, and it took went to court. The right. brothers and sisters yeah. didn't believe that was their brother um, because he didn't have tattoos. Right. So it became world well known that these um, aristocrats, um, you know, people with lots and lots of money, uh, were getting tattooed. Yeah. Um, and at the same time. Um, the Americans went over to Japan with warships and uh, I think it was 1858 and said, you know, open up or we'll shoot. They decided to open up. So we had this influx of all this Japanese art. Yeah.
4: Um,
2: and it actually became incredibly pop- incredibly popular for kings and queens to be tattooed, heavily tattooed, yeah. at, in the early 1900s.
3: Did we have any kings or queens that are tattooed? Do we know?
2: Um well, we had it was um, Edward v was was our one um, and I yeah I believe there are still a few but trouble is it's not public knowledge or photos there yes, is of there course. is some some photo evidence of this yeah. um,
3: I wouldn't be surprised if the younger generation the one that's just retired has probably got some
2: yes yeah. possibly I, I think that there's a there's some of the existing um, maybe princes that they, they might be worth having a few hairs on the back of their heads instead of rabbits, maybe.
3: um... (laughs) Well, one of the things we do, Julie, and you've done it for us, we've asked you to bring along some of your favourite music, and you've produced uh, some wonderful bits of music. We played the first one, actually. We played Bjork uh, as a part of our intro, and um, we're playing another one, which is, again, these are all connected, really, with what you're talking about. So the next piece of music we're going to play is by a band called Hole, and it's called Celebrity Skin. So tell us us why you chose this one.
2: Well, it's very simply. I I do like the tune, and they have this wonderful line in it saying it's too early for that dress, and it's like, no, 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 my dear, you should always sparkle. That's the main reason why I like this one. (laughs) Oh, make me
1: over. get mad my-
0: Pulling his heavy wooden front door shut, Arkwright paused. He looked up at the early morning sky above the factory as it brightened with the dawn, but darkened with the sooty smoke that rose in steady, thick plumes from the lines of brick chimneys. Another long day of toil ahead, he thought. Standing at his machine, Spitting fire, coddling steel and grinding dust. Just as his father had done, and his grandfather before that. He reached into his jacket pocket, gently placed an airbud in each ear, pressed play, and returned to his gardening podcast. Blooming marvellous, thought Arkwright. Okay, let's have some conversation, please, thank you.
1: Now, are you sitting comfortably? Good, then we'll begin.
0: Julie Clark Edwards to the Red Button Conversation here at Colm Radio
3: Towers. Yes, welcome, Julie. This is Red Button here on Colm Radio 106.6. And Julie, not only is owner of Flaming Gun Tattoo Studio in Colchester, she's also a presenter of her own show here on Colm Radio on Wednesday mornings at 10 o'clock. So, we've been looking at the history of tattoos. What do we talk about now, Ian?
5: Well, I was uh, just wanting to pick up on a couple of comments that Julie made in the first conversation with you, Bill. I was just really wanting to cover the, the health aspects of uh, tattooing because when I was a teenager going off to uni, um, what we saw on the TV were uh, gravestones rising out of the ground with HIV and AIDS written all over mm-hmm. them. And there's, you know, there's certainly been this very negative association between tattooing, body piercing, and bloodborne. Infections, and I know we've moved on, but I just wondered if you could give us.
2: Oh, yes, no, yeah. I say it's, it's definitely, definitely moved on. Um, I think generally, after the Second World War with the Nazis, when they unfortunately, you know, forced people to get tattoos, um, the, the whole tattoo industry kind of went underground and went on these little subcultures where you know bikers and and you know rockers and things were the ones who were tattooing instead of the the original artists of the the 1900s um and yes i think hygiene was definitely something that needed looking into and it has changed dramatically now say so every tattoo studio is licensed every individual tattooist is licensed in that individual room um so if i wanted to uh, I say in, in within my studio, I've actually got all three rooms separately licensed for me and for each of my tattooists. So uh, someone comes in and they check everything. We have to have the sterilizers. We have to have everything, you know, uh, dated. Um, basically, if someone came in and said, so this tattoo you did last year, what inks did you use? I have to be able to tell you exactly what the lot numbers um, uh, you know, which inks, when I opened it, when I closed it, when I threw it away, how I disposed of it. Um, so it has come up, you know, fantastically. And obviously uh, we go on regular cross-contamination seminars. Um, so, yeah, that whole thing of, of, um, of HIV actually is incredibly difficult to catch, thank goodness. Um, the ones that we more look into are the other blood-borne diseases. Um, as I say, we just are so careful you know, everything's wiped down, everything's single-use, um, and, you know, yeah, I think it's great.
5: So you're almost saying that you can't locum. You couldn't go and operate in somebody else's studio.
2: Not without being licensed, no.
5: And how long does that licensing process take, roughly speaking? Uh.
2: Well, um, well, to be fair, if the studio is already licensed and you're well-known to the, the, the council... Um, to be fair, they just tend to ask a few questions. If they're not happy, they'll come out and meet that artist and ask them personally the questions, which is always preferable. But if they're like, if I want to work in another studio in in town, I probably could do it over the phone because that studio is licensed and I am licensed with that council, so I would be. They would know where I am. I'm working. Um, if it's for a, another show. Um, like, for example, the London Tattoo Convention at Tobacco Dock. So you're going to have up to a 1,000 tattooists working. So the council would come round and check out the entire premises, make sure there's enough hand-washing stations, make sure everything's clean, make sure you've got all of the correct... Um, use of, uh, of the right cleaners in those areas and also chemical waste, making sure everything's been taken away properly by a professional firm because none of us can actually carry chemical waste or dirty needles or anything. That has to be done you know, completely out of, you know, with a separate company. Um, so they would come round, they would do that and then they would, um, once they've double-checked all the premises, they would then come round and speak to the tattooists um, and then you'd also have to uh, show your own licensing and, uh your insurance for where you're working normally so they double check all the paperwork
5: okay so that's the health mm-hmm. and safety aspects done
2: mm. oh yes and can I, um, can
5: I just sort of um i was going to say needle you which is mm-hmm. completely the wrong phrase <laughs> can i ask you about the, the creative side what what brought you into tattooing what how how did it develop were you an artist first were were you just mm-hmm. interested in tattoos as a younger person as your artwork was developing um
2: well, well strangely enough I, I i wasn't really interested in tattoos none of my family had tattoos um i was a student at at the the local um uh, uh, sorry <laughs> uh, i was doing art and um, art and design at um the bottom sheep and road there and um it was uh, I, I turned 18 and got my first tattoo um, much to my parents' dismay and my, my boyfriend's influence and I fell in love I thought it was absolutely wonderful it was a fantastic practice um, and I've been doing it ever since really and I still do the artwork uh, I still paint um,
3: you got a wonderful yeah. picture of yours in the Oddi in Colchester, people can go and see it a whole wall covered
5: I with do. your original piece of
2: art I do and that's all due to the history of, of Colchester yeah. along with the pump clips that match, yes, yeah. absolutely yeah
5: <laughs> So, but what, so you say you had your first tattoo at 18 and you Mm -hmm. were doing art and design anyway, Mm -hmm. but there's still quite a step between, in effect, having your first tattoo created for you and then, then changing, I guess, the way that you're, you're creating your own artistic images and then transferring that onto the medium of skin
2: yes it's it's definitely a lot different it definitely moves around a lot more than a canvas um but i i can't quite i suppose it's it's very difficult it's one of those things when you find a passion for something um it's it just hits you and it really did i mean the 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 way um the needles are like paintbrushes so the different uh, you know the different sizes and things they behave very similar to and your machines are run at different um different power settings so they they you know produce different effects um the colors as i've been tattooing they'll be getting better and better and you can mix them like paints so there is similarities but you're right that it is very different and what didn't help the whole process which was why i took so long i suppose to get into tattooing is i'm terrified of needles (laughs) i have fainted for every single injection Mm. i have ever had but for some reason, I can cope with a with a tattoo as it scratches the skin and doesn't go in. Okay, um, I'm, I also faint with piercings as well. I don't do that. That's, that's <laughs> someone else's job in the studio. That's my <laughs> husband's job.
5: So, what do you what do you prefer to do? Do you prefer to create in your own mind and have somebody accept your work as a piece of art on their skin, or are you heavily influenced by individual desire?
2: Um. I think uh, influences, uh, same as every artist, you're influenced by everything around you. I don't, wouldn't say I have a particular type of, of tattoo that I like doing. Um, we tend to work with the customer, um, go through the designs, what they want. We tend to take tracings of the person and then we draw the tattoo to fit their body. Um, so they get something very unique. I mean, sometimes people come in just sort of like, I, I really like this little design. I you know like it there and that works just as well at the end of the day we're all individuals and uh, the tattoos have to show that so what
5: are the the major motivations of or what have you found to be the major motivations in the time you've been you know um, fulfilling fulfilling this role I think well, and I... have they and, and I guess sorry the secondary question to that would be how have they changed and how have they changed
2: I think as the artwork has developed and changed since say since the Second World War, um, starting from from those you know small pieces of, of well they call it flash art. So you used to go into a tattoo studio there was a, a piece of paper on the wall about an A3 size normally with eight to ten designs on there and you're going and choose one and they'd have it you know put on on your shoulder or arm or whatever was appropriate or wherever you wanted it. So th- there was this change from that to people finding designs and taking them in and there's this i think that change really came about about 15 years ago that's when people realized no these tattooists are artists they're not just um they're not crafters anymore they're artists and um we've had a variety of things brought into the studio from clothes to hob covers um you know off, off the top of someone's hob at home um Obviously google uh, is amazing Pinterest is amazing so you get all of these beautiful images now uh variety of um film artwork computer games um it, just about anything could be done um I'm not sure it used to be very much if you had a a celtic band oh you were obviously tattooed in the eighties if you know if you had this particular tattoo you could almost say what time it was or if there was a particular type of um uh, of tattooist who was doing their own flash, then you could recognise that area uh, of the country that person was being tattooed. But now, I think, where it's so readily available, we don't have that anymore. I mean, a perfect example of that is we had that... that um, they found that mummy, didn't they? He was a uh, 5,300-year-old mummy they found in a glacier in 1991.
5: Oh, Pitts Pits, pits Talman.
2: Yes, and, and uh, he had 61 tattoos... Um, and it was wow. presumed some of the tattoos were uh, for the rites of pas- passage of the custom of the the, the tribe he was from. Um, some possibly therapeutic or diagnostic because of where they were placed on him. They reckon he had arthritis, and some were there. But some of them were recreations of the artwork they saw in the um, in the cave drawings. So. Um, even then, it was kind of, you know, the popular art that was available at that time. So, I think that's that's just carried on. I don't think the meanings have changed.
5: Okay. Well, that's, fa- that's absolutely fascinating. And thank you very much for expanding on that answer. And I just want to make the geog- geographical correction because it was the Ertz tile, not the Pitt's tile. So, it was Ertz. Uh... So, <laughs> my apologies to all the listeners for getting my geography, my Austrian geography or Italian geography wrong. <laughs> so... I think I'm done there, Bill. That's brilliant. Do we have a piece of music to follow that? Yeah, that, Julie, uh, that I Jimmy think we,
3: could... I've set up the second piece that you asked for, I hope. Uh, uh, and this is by a band called The Breeders, and it's called Cannonball. So, so why have you chosen this piece for us?
2: This just reminds me so much of my youth. They're uh, fantastic uh, twins, uh, two sisters, um, and I love singing along and getting every word wrong other than the word cannonball, because it's the only word you can understand in it. But it's fabulous.
1: Bye. Wow.
0: Now, pay attention and listen carefully. Here are five ways to hide a banana. One, under a hand knitted toilet roll cover. Two, within a brown leather telescope case or any storage facility for a small optical instrument. Three, up a chimney or flue The sort that might be attached to a mobile garden stove used for entertaining friends. 4. Inside a car exhaust pipe of a neighbour, relative or visitor. 5. Add the letter D to your banana and you instantly have a bandana instead. Tie it around your head and smile smugly to yourself. And now, stand easy. Okay, yes, please, thank you.
1: Now, are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then we'll begin.
0: special guest on Red Button tonight is Julie Clark Edwards, tattooist, artist, and broadcaster.
3: Welcome everyone, we are Red Button and we are live and we are on Colm Radio 106.6 FM. With myself, Bill Lawrence and Ian uh, and Mike Harwood, we're delighted that we've got Julie Clark Edwards. We've been having a great conversation this evening, talking about all sorts of things to do with tattooing. The history of tattooing, uh, the, the, sort of, um, the technical side of tattooing. Uh, even the sort of licensing side. It's been really, really interesting. Um, and so, Mike, yeah. I know you've got some things you want to talk to Julie about.
6: I have. And um, I'm curious about whether uh, a tattooing can be uh, labelled as an art or a business.
2: Um, well, I say for many years it was seen as a craft. Um, so it was in the same kind of category as... Builders, um, plumbers, you know, tattooers, it was all. um, So I'd say more recently it's come back to to being an art. Um, And one of the things that really has shown that is there's been this exhibition called um, British uh, Tattoo Art Revealed. uh, Uh And it's the first time. Purely tattooing has been put been put in a, an exhibition uh, uh, an exhibition centre um, on its own for over six months. Oh, so wow. the fact it's managed to get that kind of level of, of accolade um, yeah. has been has been wonderful. So it, yeah, it's definitely an art. I'd say it's an art now. I'd like to say that. Yeah,
6: it seems <laughs> to be going that way. And um, when um, in terms of uh, uh, artistic self expression. Um, if someone's working in a company that has a dress code, for example, I mean, both male mm-hmm. and female, you know, no, skirts or uh, trousers or... Uh,
2: Smart wear They things. won't go for
6: men, but you know mm. what I mean. Um, <laughs> does it, have you known any cases where tattoos
2: might cause a problem because they're disapproved of in the business uh, environment? Uh, qu- unfortunately, still quite often. Um, I think it's one of those things where tattoos are still a very personal choice. Mm-hmm. Um so there are still companies, you know, if a lot of people are going for a job, there's, there's a good chance they will choose the person that doesn't have the tattoo for, for that job if they're in front of the public. Um, but on that note, I've gone into places like that, say Iceland to buy some milk and I've seen someone there behind the counter covered in blue plasters because they've got a tattoo on show and they're not allowed it. Yeah. But you're going to Marks and Spencers, and the person on the counter there has an entire sleeve that is on show, and that's allowed. So it's a very much a personal business thing. Um, but you should definitely think twice about getting a tattoo in a visible area. Um, you know, say some companies definitely say no. I tend to, um, airlines, isn't it? Um, air yeah, hostesses. Yeah, they, right. we, we've had a, we've removed a lot of like little pieces that are, like creep just above collars and things for, yeah. for yeah. them. Yeah.
6: So it depends on the business. I mean, the airline um, presentation has always been very strict, hasn't it? Because Absolutely. The,
2: yeah, yeah. I think also it's quite interesting, the fact that, you know, tattoos have become more visible now than ever. Uh, uh-huh. So many people have them. You know, the fashions and things tend to show them. You tend to see stars and things on TV with yeah. them. But I think that also brings out people disliking them just as strongly so yeah. you know you should so, be careful
6: yeah so more people have them um is there any uh, gender difference i mean is it more men than women or
2: actually no not anymore yeah. i i would say it was very very equal um yeah. i think you tend to find uh, gentlemen tend to sometimes get larger tattoos but i've not all the time. It's uh, a very difficult one. I think there's... It, also, being a female tattooist, I tend to tattoo a lot of females. So I would say I've done just as many back pieces on women as I have men.
6: Yeah. Mm. So when you say men have larger tattoos, do you mean in, in actual uh, detail or, or scale, uh, scale, of,
2: scale? Scale. scale. Gentlemen yeah. would come in... I, I think gentlemen tend to come in for... Uh, they would book in for an entire arm, like a whole sleeve tattoo quicker, uh-huh. where I think a woman would have... I'll have, a, I'll have the whole sleeve designed I'll have the first bit and then decide if I'm carrying on with the rest and they Uh do but they tend to be a little bit bit more sort of Oh, I'll I'll hold off a little first
6: and they ask your advice as the process goes on presumably
2: yes I'm I'm very lucky actually Uh we have some absolutely fantastic people coming to be tattooed by us they're lovely Yeah. yeah
6: And um, how about um, cost? I mean, a, if, if like an artist would probably, you know, one artist might sell a painting for £3,000, another one for 30
2: mm-hmm. how does that
6: uh, work with a tattooist?
2: Um Well, if it's a, a single piece that can be done in one sitting, then that tends to be priced individually, uh, um, or it will be priced by the hour if it's multiple sessions. Okay. So most tattooists would have a day rate or they will charge you by the hour. Um, and that changes de- depending on uh, mostly geographical geographical location of the tattooist. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously the, the rents and um, everything would be much higher in London than yeah. it is here. So sure. those tattooists do charge a lot more. Yeah. Um, and it also depends on how many tattooists are in the area.
6: Yeah. So are any cultures
2: there? How many are there? Um, I, th- I think at last count it was over 20 tattoo studios in, in Colchester. Really?
6: That's incredible, isn't it? I mean,
2: oh, yes, just... it's got very popular. And also yeah. we're an Army Town. we Army so Town, yeah. yeah.
3: Yes, yeah. we do so a lot of them. A, a lot of yeah. your customers are from the Army?
2: Yes, I, I'm quite well known for doing their cat badges. So yeah. Yeah. they're uh-huh. lovely guys. Yeah.
6: Yeah. 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 And um, have you ever refused to do a tattoo that may be a bit I... close to the... Uh line or
2: something i have refused to do a tattoo um or tattoos but mainly because if i don't think that person's going to i think if i i don't think it suits them or i think they're going to regret it the end day i've got to sleep Mm. at night um and i tend to then i'll have a conversation with them it won't be just a no it'll be like are you sure and uh, if i'm still not comfortable then i'd rather refuse it um And I hope they take my advice or at least think about it. I mean, I, I did have a lady, she wanted me to tattoo her face uh-huh. and I was—I I didn't think it was a good idea. Um, and I think we came to a compromise where if she drew on the tattoo or drew on something on her face that, like, every day for a year I said I'd tattoo it. And she did and came back and had it done and she loves it. Oh, wow. So I was, was wrong, you know. Yeah. Um, so it is wrong to judge. Um, yeah. But then again, I'm, I'm glad she did that. She understood the implications of walking mm. down the street with a, such a visible tattoo.
6: Mm. Mm. I mean, presumably it... Um if someone's not sure you can say why don't you do something somewhere in just in, sort of indiscreet yeah. oh absolutely if not see,
2: sure yeah have somewhere it was easy to hide <laughs> so there's a lot of
6: uh, psychology goes into like clothes and the way people see themselves through clothes then
2: absolutely they, and that's the other thing we do we know we tell people to bring in different outfits so we can place the tattoo correctly in, in all yeah. of
6: them yeah and um just uh, kind of going out um Outside uh, the UK, is it a global ph- phenomenon? If I can say that word, I, and does is there are there countries that um, are, are actually ban tattoos?
2: Um, Japan um, yeah. has banned, but other than that, um, no. I think everywhere kind of really likes tattoos. Um, it's getting more and more popular, and it, uh-huh. most places are, are coming up with a, a similar standard to to England for the hygiene as well, which is yeah, nice.
6: Yeah, and the inevitable question: if someone uh, um, Changes of their mind uh, what oh. happens
2: then well obviously it's always best to get it right first time yeah. but if you haven't there we do have a, um, a tattoo removal laser um, there are different lasers ours tends to be more for black ink because we tend to specialize more in cover-up tattoos uh-huh. than total removal but we have removed tattoos completely um, but it depends on the ink you have to have a, a test patch it's incredibly uncomfortable but it's very, it's very quick. It's a lot quicker. Yeah. If a tattoo takes about two hours to put on, it will take about five to ten minutes to laser completely. But then you'd have to come back on multiple sessions. And it's quite take... a painful
6: business,
2: isn't it? It is uncomfortable. It does take a long time. Yeah. I mean, a full, a full removal of a black tattoo, you know, you can be looking at up to a year um, uh-huh. because you, you've got to heal in between each session, up give it a few a months. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely yeah. best to get it right first time.
6: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, um, well, what okay. else can I ask? What, anything what, from your team? I've, got,
5: well, I've got one, Mike, yeah. that I'd like to ask. And that's about, you, t- you talk about removal, but mm. I guess the step before that is correction of either yes. poor quality work or uh, there may be damage to the skin in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, do you undertake that type of task as well?
2: Yes, I mean, the most popular Type of um, uh, correction we do is when people unfortunately don't look after the tattoo. So uh, if they get too much sun on it, it, it can um, it can actually fade the colours. Um, so always wear sun cream always always wear sun cream that's my my biggest tip <laughs> um but yes a tattoo can always be reworked and it can always be recolored um obviously it depends exactly whereabouts in in the, on the body it is and what the damage is like if you've got a scar across it we can we can fill that in after the the scars healed enough um scarring can take sometimes up to a year to three years to heal enough depending on how you got it so a surgical scar can be up to three years because it's so yeah. deep uh-huh. and the scar will pinch and twist. So obviously you don't want the tattoo, you've got to pinch and twist with it, so it's got to be completely settled. Um, but that is that is very, very possible so to do. You,
6: do you get people coming in to want their, if they're self-conscious, I mean, I've got scars, a lot of people have, but it doesn't bother me that other people see them, but some people might be very sensitive about
2: it. Yes, do and um, and with the, with a bit of advice and, and help on the design we can either um make it into something beautiful or, hide, or in some cases hide the ta- the scar completely with the tattoo oh wow.
5: wow so does the scar tissue take the ink differently from because you yes. get we can get technical now you've got epithelial which is your skin skin and then there's keloid which is your scar skin
2: Yes, I mean obviously, someone keloids. Yeah, if someone keloids, that's that's a very different thing. Um, Sometimes, if you have keloid scarring, you can't have a tattoo um, because any other damage to that area will cause further keloid scarring. So you do have to be very careful. It is something you have to see and judge for each individual tattoo. Um, Generally, I've not seen a tattoo, uh, some skin that I wasn't able to do something with. Um, But again, the results depends on on how much damage to the skin there is.
3: Okay. All right. Well, that's really interesting. We're going to come back and talk some more. Meanwhile, it's the next choice, Julie. This is Sandy Tom. Wish I was a punk rocker. So why have you gone for this one?
2: Well, deep down, don't we all wish we could go back with what we knew now and have the kind of energy to be able to thoroughly enjoy it (laughs) i would love to be a punk rocker
3: (laughs) okay the sandy tom (laughs) wish i was a punk rocker
2: oh i wish
7: i was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair in 77 and 69 revolution was in the air i was born too late into a world that doesn't care Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair. When the head of state didn't play guitar, not everybody drove a car. When music really mattered and when radio was king, when accountants didn't have control and the media couldn't buy your soul. When computers were still scary and we didn't know everything. Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair. In 77 and 69, revolution was in the air. I was born too late to a world that doesn't care. Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair. When pop stars still remained a myth And ignorance could still be bliss I And mean, when God saved the queen She turned a oh, a shade of pale My mom and dad were in their teens And anarchy was still a dream And the only way to stay in touch Was a letter in the mail Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker With flowers in my hair In 77 and 69 Revolution was in the air I was born too late
1: Into a world
7: Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair When record shops were still on top And vinyl was all that they stopped And the super info high was still drifting out in space Kids were wearing hand-me-downs and playing games Men kick around and footballers still had long hair And dirt across their face Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair the in the air. I was born too late to a world that doesn't care. Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair. I was born too late to a world that doesn't care. Oh, I wish I was a punk rocker with
0: On her fifth birthday, Celia got her first trombone. Unable to lift the instrument herself, she would rest it on the arm of the sofa, gently nudging its beautiful brass slide. She would gently trace round the widely flared bell at the front where her fingerprints collected. It seemed an awkward shape to her, but she persevered. By the age of nine, she played in her school band. She understood the valves, the pistons, the tubing, the levers, and the keys that made ordinary air into music. And on her twelfth birthday, Celia knew that God was in her trombone.
3: you can tell me when I can hear Box 39 it is rather good it's called Box 39 it's the weekly magazine music and humour show live on Cone Radio good old Box 39 we don't just help with the nasty things in life like a block drain we're there for the nice things too Thursday evenings at 8 and Saturday afternoons at 2 oh that's wonderful The name? Yes, it's Box
4: 39.
0: I'm not sure how long I have been a ghost. But it's been a long time. I can't remember who I was before I died. I think I was a good wife to a tall, happy man. Yes, you heard me right. He may have been a sailor or a plumber. I had three children, and I remember them at my funeral. They wept and wailed until they found money under my mattress.
4: (laughs) Then they smiled.
0: I tried to haunt them, but my heart wasn't in it. Then, a hundred moons ago, I fell in love with Malcolm, an apparition, a spectre, a kindred spirit. Hello, I've been asked to read this. You're listening to Red Button on Cold... cold. (coughs) You're listening to Red Button on Colm Radio.
3: We're here, and Julie's been with us. She's a, a presenter on Colm Radio. She's a tattooist, uh, and she's generally... Uh, we will find her in uh, Colchester. She's
5: a tattooist in Colchester? So where are we going with this conversation? Well,
3: I want to ask you some quick-fire questions. Is that OK? Uh, OK. OK, it's quick-fire question time. First one, where's the most painful place you can have a tattoo? Bottom of your foot. Oh. OK, yeah, that, and people yeah. People do that? They ask for that?
2: Not Not many. I, I was silly enough to try. Um, I've got a squash fairy on the bottom of my foot, so it looks like I stood on one.
3: Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. What's the most unusual tattoo you've ever been asked to do is there one that you'd say well wow, no one's ever asked me that before
2: um I, I don't really get many strange tattoos i think i've been tattooing too long for that yeah. since 98 but i do yeah. strange people every now and again uh, <laughs> yeah,
3: fair enough let's not go okay. there with that.
5: they might still be in the area yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay, um, what's the most expensive tattoo in the world? Do you know, is there such a thing? Is there one that everyone says, oh, that's the such and such famous tattoo, the sort of uh, Taj Mahal tattoos?
2: Oh, crumbs. Um, I think there, there's been some wonderful ones uh, done that have ha- gone over a few times. There was a beautiful sleeve called. Uh, called the rocket man um right. and i think that took yeah as as a sleeve on the arm normally you're looking around about i think 30 hours is normally kind of the most you'd get right. but i think that tattoo took closer to 100 hours Ooh. um so whatever the tattoos were charging yeah. per hour that was that was quite expensive
3: okay anyone Has,
5: got anything uh, yeah time? i have I, I want to ask what type of tattoo is most commonly removed
2: Oh, um, I think those those little ones that you kind of um, get a little bit on the spur of the moment, you know, don't really think about and have them in like an odd place.
5: Is that sort of overly consumed alcohol type tattoos on holiday?
2: There could be a few of those included in that category, yes. <laughs> one, or, one
5: or two, yes. Okay, heat at the moment tattoos. Has
3: yes. your, Since you've become a tattooist, has your Latin improved or your your Mandarin writing slogans in, in Mandarin on people?
2: <laughs> um, it seems I, to be very popular. I, 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 I don't <laughs> trust my spelling in English or I mean, in any other language, but yeah, I have to say, you, you do, yeah, you pick up a few phrases and a few things, and you kind of, yeah, that that's not right.
6: Yeah. Okay. How <laughs> about. Uh, trends and fashions; that things
2: change. Or? Um, again, I think they're always going to be linked to what's popular uh, generally in art around us. We're going to like take take influence of what's dire- directly around us. Uh-huh. I think a lot of fashions are always kind of, um, if if your family member had one, you'd you'd want one similar. You know, like I want a tattoo like my dad's, or my mum's, or my granddad's. That's uh-huh. always good. And memory tattoos are always going to be very popular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's what's popular around around at the moment. Yeah. It's,
3: it's so you've got. Uh, you can have memory tattoos, you can have bits of art you can have um, people often do a phrase or a slogan that they, they like. Mm-hmm. They're the sort of the ones and the um, but is there um, amongst all those different types is there any ones that actually uh, have completely fallen out of fashion that you know no one gets those done anymore? That's just not done.
2: I mean, there is a few that have fallen out of fashion. Um, I mean, tribal tattoos fell out of fashion, mm. but they are coming back in a different form. Um, right. So people are using more Polynesian designs, or they're you know, so it's a basis, and then they're adding things to it. That uh, the, the um, there used to be a horrible phrase called tramp stamp in tattoos. Yes, um, heard that. Yeah, yeah. So the you know the the arse antlers they're fallen out of fashion, <laughs> and things like that. But I think th- I think people get. Different derivatives of that—they yeah. just look very different. You know, they're done—you know, asymmetrically or you know—to fit the body better.
3: Well, it's been just such a pleasure hearing about all this, and and I think there's still more that we'd like to talk about, but we're running out of time as always um julie thank you so much for coming in
2: thank and you we're much. all
3: going to tune into your show on wednesday and we're also urging you to find a way to put it online so that people can listen to it when they're busy at work and they haven't got I ch- i can't listen live to go on radio so we'll we'll let people know when that comes up and um so your last piece of music your fourth choice of music what is it and why have you chosen it
2: Okay, this is my favourite game by the Cardigans. It's absolutely amazing. You've got to have a look for the music video. It's brilliant. This lady's in a, in a 1974 Cadillac Eldorado with a roof down and this tattoo that's drawn on her arm rib, rubs off on the seat. It's just brilliant. Oh, and it's a good song. <laughs>
3: 39 is a Red Guppy production for Corn Radio.